What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Boy, oh boy, we have an episode for you. We're talking new comics, new news, current events, and some shit online that you gots to knows about. Because if you don't knows about it, you don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. Isn't that right, Mark? Remind me why I have you do the intros. Because <laughs> it was something, at least. Because I, I think to myself, man, I got nothing. I'm going to let Remzo handle this. And then I realize Remzo has nothing, too. And before I know it, sometimes we're 10 minutes into the show, and we're still on some thread from, from the intro. And, you know... That's when everybody and that's when we make our true fans, to be honest with you, because yeah. the, the flyby nighters are the ones that just want the content, you know, that just want our thoughts on the actual relevant matters at hand. But the true fans are that one percent that we don't scare away. So that's exactly that's why I'm happy to the be OGs. Here. Yes, you're they would those fans, for us. Those fans are much more likely to be heading over to patreon.com slash second print pod where they could tune into this particular episode live. We're doing this edition of SPC pop live, live, live for the patrons live and in person, not in person though. Then they'd be at my house right now or your house right now, which frankly would just be a little too close to the family. There'd be a lot of people in a one bedroom on yeah. my end. I was going to say, I don't live in a one bedroom room. So, but yeah. you know, uh, I probably should, uh, to be honest with you, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, oh, that speaking of patrons, yes. speaking of patrons, speak of them. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I went ahead and brought on MCU Stan. <laughs> I was Caleb trying to do Flames. earmuffs to avoid spoilers, but when it, what happens when you do earmuffs when you're wearing headphones is you just hear just everything more clearly. Everything you can't right. escape it. And you're patrons, anything, so it's okay. Patrons can choose whether or not to jump in. Uh, whether they've seen the movie or not going to see the movie. I will not spoil anything, but what I will say is that this was definitely an MCU film that if you thought about sitting at home on, it's probably worth the price of admission. I think a lot of people will be surprised by the conversation that Caleb and I had. And I, you know, I, I wanted to bring on Caleb for this episode because he has not seen the last couple MCU projects. And for and him, wisely bowed out. 
Yeah, because he is by far the biggest MCU apologist I have ever seen. He is an MCU diehard who will defend uh, even decisions I consider controversial. So when he is like, this is too much for me, that's saying something. But Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, James Gunn's swan song from from the Marvel Universe was enough to bring him in. And we had a good conversation about that. So go ahead and head over to patreon.com slash secondprintpod after the show to go ahead and listen to my conversation with him. I think people are going to be surprised in good ways and bad ways about this movie. But what I will say is that for the runtime, for actually going out and, you know, this is how you know you're older. When you only go see movies, if they actually like you know, serve actual food there and not just popcorn. It was a, uh, it was worth the, the hefty premium on things and not waiting for Disney plus. Well, I am going to not tune into it because I haven't seen the film yet. Uh, it remains to be seen. If you and I may do a public review of it, let's see, let's see what happens. I should be seeing it this weekend. And uh, so I've been doing my best to avoid spoilers, which I actually have successfully done so far, which is, is kind of rare for me. So I feel like I've kept it up for almost two weeks here. I'm going to, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it without being spoiled unless someone intervenes. The, the now that I've that, said that someone's going to, someone listening is going to try to screw me over. But. Yeah. The memes that you're seeing online, are not, too hardcore they're, i haven't seen pretty... anything that was a pop point yet okay yeah you're i think you're fine thank you right, well survive another week one thing that i am going to spoil for you because you haven't been uh actively reading it but you have heard me talking about it uh you know occasionally we dive in now we that we do spc pop where we talk about you know news modern stuff tv shows etc including current comics that we're reading uh we just did this about a month ago talking about our current comics but i gotta circle back i gotta circle back to talk about the latest issue of Batman. It's Batman number 135. Uh, first of all, I have, I have a couple things I want to say about this. I want you to guess. I want you to guess. And I, I paid this because it was in my stack. And I, I have like guilt. If something's in my stack that I asked to be there, I'm pretty much like I'm going to pay for it. You know, if it wasn't in my stack and it was a suggestion, I won't feel guilty turning that because down. Because the comic guy had to go and physically pull it off and possibly deprive somebody else as the possibly. stack was running low on the possibly. on the feeder, on the spinner rack. Right. I feel like it. Yeah. this is for me because I requested it. Therefore, I should mm-hmm. follow through. Uh, nonetheless, what do you think? The So it's it's Batman number 135 by Chip Zdarsky. And it's also Batman Legacy number 900. So it's an extra full-size issue. It also has a fancy sort of like a glossy, glossy-esque Ooh. cover here. So I just based on your understanding of current comic book economics, what would you guess? Let me tell you the exact. Can I tell you the page number? They don't number pages anymore, do they? Well, I can't tell you the page number because they don't number pages anymore. 64 pages. I think it's like a 60-ish, 60 or 64 is my guess. And, so what, and how much was it? Was it $8? That's what you're going to guess now. Is that what, is that your final guess? I think, so, yeah. I'll, for I'll, some perspective. I'll bet on both. I'll bet on both. I'll bet. Well, I, I want to give you some perspective. Hmm. This book is normally four ninety nine. It's already. Oh, well, normally wait, you mean you mean it's already for you mean it's for normal. A normal edition of this Batman book by Chip Zdarsky is four dollars and ninety nine cents for a normal length issue. Now they have like a regular three ninety nine because now DC and some of the books that it knows you're going to buy. they I think they make it a little bit longer because there's like a 10 page backup story, but you don't. So that's the shit. Yeah. And I believe Superman is four ninety nine as well. I could be wrong about that. I still have the poster from 10 years ago. Uh, that says drawing the line at two ninety nine because they were calling out Marvel for their expensive <laughs> books, and I feel like going and finding that and setting it on fire. You should frame that next to this issue of Batman. So, <laughs> so with that in mind, keeping sixty four the- pages, knowing the price now, I'm gonna say it's twelve dollars. 
Oh wow, you're oh. actually you're actually high. It's nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. So I was about a dollar off originally, and then I put it three, th- you know, th- uh, three bucks higher. Okay. You can get two months of the Peacock Network <laughs> for the price of this book. I could have Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus without the ads for that price for a few months. Close, yeah, yeah. On a trial, you could. So there's a lot of things you could do with 9.99. What I did with 9.99 was I did, in fact, purchase this book plus tax from Read More Comics in Brandon, Florida. Stop in. Scott's a nice guy. He'll put a lot of stuff in your stack and, and suggest a lot of stuff, which I respect as a, as a shrewd businessman that he is. And occasionally I comply. Occasionally I see something he puts in there and I say, you know what? I do want to check this out. Um, but nonetheless, I did purchase this issue. And I, as we've talked about over the last, man, it's been probably six months more since I, Zdarsky put out this new. No, it was 125 he started with. I don't think it was 10 months ago. though. So I, I was like, like back in September of 22. I feel like they're doing two issues a month sometimes. I think that is, that's been occurring. Um, I've been kind of back and forth on this book because to me, what I've seen from Zdarsky in the superhero realm and, and what he's gotten the most accolades for is Daredevil, who's a very street level uh, hero, you know? So mm-hmm. that's the kind of, you know, the, the street level crime solving detective uh, type drama. Hard no shit. Yeah, it's, exactly. So that's kind of what I was expecting from Chip Zdarsky. Now, Chip Zdarsky had something very, very different than that in mind when he took over Batman. And now that I see it all playing out, um, I think I, I think I get it more. Not, not that I like it more necessarily. I just, I think I get what Chip Zdarsky is more. Chip Zdarsky is not necessarily the Chip Zdarsky you see in Daredevil. He's not necessarily any one thing. He is someone who has a vast, vast, I think, love and fanhood for decades of reading comics. And he appreciates certain styles and certain eras and certain things that comics can do. And when he goes into one of those niches or one of those areas, he goes in deep and he goes in hard, which he kind of did with Daredevil. He is doing that here, just not in the way I expect. Instead of what I expected him to go in hard on was the gritty uh, street level detective crime solving Batman style, getting back to the basics type of stuff, which is kind of what he's done with Daredevil. And what I got was not the same thing that he had in mind. What he had in mind was I love Grant Morrison, time travel, wonky fucking wild bullshit. And I want to bring it to Batman where people aren't expecting it. I think that is what has happened over the last whatever months it might be. And now it's not necessarily that I like it or don't like it. I think I'm still processing it, but I think that I get that that's just what he wanted to do and he wanted to have fun. Now I will say, first of all, for anybody that hasn't been keeping up with the plot, I'm going to try to do this in, let's see, 30 seconds or less. How about that? All right. Who's got to stop? I'll right. do the Jeopardy so, theme song. When I run out, you got to hurry up. Batman kills the penguin, only he doesn't really kill the penguin. The penguin fakes his own death, which sets off a device that triggers a robot named Failsafe, who is created by a multiple personality of Batman named Zurinar, who created the robot as a failsafe in case Batman ever went bad. Since Failsafe thought Batman went bad, he tried to take over Gotham City and ended up sending Batman. But, he had, but then Robin started got something that made him compassionate. And, the, and, and, sending, and so when he was compassionate, instead of killing Batman, he decided to send Batman to an alternate reality where there was no Batman when Batman became the Batman of that alternate reality and had to try to get them out of the multiverse back to his home reality and that's where we are right now. It's pretty good. Were you timing that or just saying this? I was just kidding until it seems like a logical so we have, we have no idea. All right, well, it worked out. Um, so that's, I hope that made sense. Um, it, it didn't really, but um, so where we are in issue 135, is it's 
sort of a culmination of, of all of these events of, of the whole failsafe storyline of Batman being sent to this other reality where this guy whose name is like something Halliday would have been the Joker of that reality, but for whatever reason, didn't become the Joker of that reality and is trying to access the multiverse because he wants to be the Joker because he sees, he, he's seen visions of the Joker through his fucking reality fucking goggles or whatever the fuck he does. Mm-hmm. Um, are you ready for the actual, now that I've set this up, are you ready for what happens in this issue? Again, if you have not read this and want to read this, I'm going to keep this, very spoiler filled. Unlike the Guardians of the Galaxy re- brief co- talk in the beginning, this will be full of spoilers about what happens in this issue. So, starting right now. All right. So, uh, what happens in this issue is that what was quickly turning into a wild and crazy multiversal storyline, I think one of two things were going to happen. It was going to wind itself down back into more of a street level story and almost maybe snap us out from the dream state or maybe whatever it was found for this to be. Cause there was still a part of me that was thinking maybe this isn't really an alternate reality. Maybe it's something else. And Batman's going to wake up for it. Dallas style. He wakes up. Robin's getting out of the shower. No, that's not what would happen. That would be weird. Um, that would so, be weird. But instead, we got the opposite. Instead, we got the craziest push and lean into this multiversal um, stuff that you could possibly get. So what happens is Batman will uh, does catch up to... I can't explain the details because they are Grant Morrison-esque nonsensical. So just, just because comics, the details here. <laughs> but essentially... This this version of this Halliday guy that should have been the Joker in this reality, but it never happened. He goes into the bodies of an, of another Joker in, in in our in a reality in like another universe. And Is he like Wanda Maximoffing them, like something. jumping into their bodies and shit? Yes, he jumps into their bodies. But when he does that, he does it at their origin point because he wants to see the origin point of the Joker. This is what happens with the original Joker. And then what happens is he the Joker sees himself, sees this person in his body, and that creates the Joker. That's what fractures the Joker's mind and turns him actually into the Joker. What actually makes him crazy. It's not the incident of, of, of when he's the red hood and falls into the vat. That's what creates the person that's looking into the water and sees himself with the fate. And then that's when this guy jumps into his mind and cracks the mind open and creates the fractured personality of the Joker. So he realizes this and realizes like, Oh, I, I create, I'm not just like one of these jokers. I am the impetus for the Joker across the multiverse, but he, he does that once. And then he becomes obsessed with this because he, he's like, no, this isn't right. This isn't enough. I need to really become the Joker. So he, so he ends up jumping across the multiverse to multiple realities, by the way, then thanks to, no, not to Mr. Terrific. He comes in later. He helps Robin get, get to um, Batman somehow again, just because comics, this shit, he attaches himself to this Halliday Joker guy as he's traveling through the multiverse. This is all really happening in the book. None of this is a dream. Um, and he, and, and I'm, my, I actually have mixed thoughts about it, to be honest. You're probably going to think I'm just going to shit on it. <coughs> Excuse me. You probably just think I'm just going to shit on it, but I'm, I, I might, but I'm not going to just shit on it. So this is where I'm like, where where is this going? All right. What is actually happening here? Because now Joker is jumping from reality to reality creating jokers like all over the multiverse and batman is getting there just a little too late so he's like seeing the after effects of it some of these realities had no joker now they do some of them the joker died now they have a new joker like it's just causing all this this mayhem and jokerness in all these multiple realities and he's jumping through the multiverse but then things get wild and the first one you recognize let's see if, if we can do this visually for the uh, for the video folks on youtube first one you recognize i feel like you're going to recognize this one this this Batman from this reality. Can you do this just from the camera? Keaton. 
Yeah, boom, Keaton Batman. Damn. And, and it's clearly Keaton Batman. And now, so our Batman is interacting with Keaton Batman and you know, the Joker died in his world, but now there's like reports of a new Joker. So everywhere he goes, there's this sort of, uh, and so this goes through the whole thing. We even get, this is actually, this is actually pretty cool because they changed the art style. We got a Batman Beyond in the style of Batman Adam Beyond. West. It's the Adam West from the Batman Beyond and then the, and Terry from like, but like in the style of the animated series, oh um, my they really did a good job changing styles. Now this sounds absurd. And it is. Dude, we even get, look, uh, we get kingdom come, come Batman and his little exoskeleton. Um, it sounds absurd and it is absolutely absurd, but it actually, at some point you ever watch a family guy joke or something where it's like funny at first and you're laughing and then it goes too long and you're like, all right, this is going too long, but then yeah. it goes too long and it actually becomes funny again because it keeps going so long. That's what I feel like happens here. First, I'm like, what is this multiversal bullshit? Then I'm like, what is this dumb shit? And then I'm like, well, Keaton Batman's here. Oh, Kingdom Combat. And then, and then by the end of it, it's, it gets so ridiculous that and it, Batman, the animated series, Batman, there's like every Batman you've ever imagined. Uh, Dark Knight Returns, Batman. Um, some Batmans that are, one looks like it's supposed to be like a, a, a bat, a bat flex, sort of a bat flex version of Batman. I th- I'm pretty sure this is, yeah, there's a bat flex, like right, right up there. Bat flex. Oh, anyway, nice. it, it goes so far that I actually end up enjoying it in this weird way. Cause I'm just like, oh, this is like absurd, but kind of awesome and kind of stupid, but so much the, the, so that. I just have to give up at some point about how stupid it is and just embrace the fun part of it. And when you do embrace the fun part of it, it does get pretty fun. Uh, it, it, it almost becomes like a mad magazine. Just It almost seems like a series of parodies of every Batman you've ever seen. Um, by the end of it, the whole thing, I don't know if I, well, yeah. Oh, and then I'm going to give you the, the part that this will decide if you think that what Chip Zdarsky is doing is completely cringe or if you are in for, for the ride. And I'm still not sure which I came come down on, but I did laugh mm-hmm. at it. Oh, he, he chases this Joker to like the end of reality where he's created this Joker place and there's this giant Joker shark coming after him. Oh, also he had met Adam West Batman. We mentioned that, right? So yeah. he met Adam West Batman who gives him, of course, he says, here's take this in case you need it, which of course, you know, the big joke from that original Adam West Batman is what? Shark repellent. So Batman actually does use the shark repellent that he got from Adam West Batman to defeat this like Worth Joker it. shark. Worth it. Worth it. I think this Worth is what it. I think this is the part where <laughs> it won me over. I'm like, this was all a payoff to a shark repellent joke that just clearly Chip Zdarsky has been dreaming about for years. Um, you know what? I enjoyed this issue like a lot, actually. Like it, for the first half, it was starting to make me angry. And then once we sort of crossed the Rubicon of complete absurdity, and once I just said, Well, screw it, we're in we're in absurdville, we're not doing gritty. Uh, down-to-earth, street-level Batman. That's obviously not what Chip Zdarsky dreamed up when he said, yes, I'd love to do Batman. Uh, for some reason, I feel like DC Editorial probably thought they were getting Daredevil Chip Zdarsky just in their minds. It's just what I would think. I could be wrong. Maybe he laid this whole thing out to them from the beginning. It's not what I want from my Batman. It's not what I expect from my Batman. It's not what I would ever ask for from my Batman. But I got it. And at the end of the day... I don't know if this is a 10 page arc to set up a shark repellent joke. If that's all this is, it did end up becoming oddly interesting. And and I don't know how I feel about this idea that this guy is actually the cause of all jokers across the multiverse, but at least it is something somewhat meaningful and does is a seemingly a new explanation for the actual psyche of the Joker. Is it more because you like Batman or more because you trust Chip Zdarsky? I, I don't trust him anymore. Let's be clear. <laughs> Let's be clear. Trust is for people who are consistent and give me what I think I'm going to get. That is broken. You know, it's, it's like, 
but that doesn't mean, you know, it's like there's there's a lot of women you don't want to trust throughout the years. It doesn't mean you're not going to you know, hang out for the weekend and have a good time with them. So I may still stick it in with with Sadarsky for a little bit. And I think we just found the, I think we just found the first clip I'm going to put online this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll go skiing with Chip Sadarsky for the weekend, but I'm, I'm not putting a ring on it. That's all I'm saying. Now, trust is broken, but I'm still enjoying this in some weird way. And I almost respect the audacity of it. And what I really like are the the varying art styles that that really did change with the mood of each each little like multiverse they hopped into. But you know, every writer, a lot of different writers have done things that, depending on what DC wants to do with it, can change what the Joker is and its origin. For example, Jeff Johns with three Jokers, which we still don't really know if is in canon or not. It's one of those things where it's black label, so it's technically sort of out of canon, but they could easily call it in canon. If oh, they I want completely to. forget all that Mobius chair shit from like five years ago of Justice League. That happened too, yeah. Batman yeah. was... Oh, yeah, that, that's what started the Three Jokers thing because Batman had unlimited things he could ask the Mobius chair, but apparently it doesn't give you direct answers. And it just said, "There's I can't name the Joker because he has three names or whatever. But that they kind of almost seemingly tied this into that because... When they he first enters the Joker, he said he said he, it shattered him his personality into three or something like that. So maybe the three Jokers is three personalities of a Joker, and maybe there were other bot. I don't know. There, there's, I feel like not even Sadarsky <sighs> was like, you know, I'm gonna just forget about that and just do my own thing now. I feel like even if he did give an explanation, it still wouldn't fit in. Yeah. So ultimately, if if this sort of, I mean, this is canon. This is the current series of Batman. In, unless they do something to flip it around, they are basically saying that the Joker's origin is because decades in the future, Batman would start chasing this other guy who wanted to become the Joker across the multiverse, which actually is what ends up creating all the Jokers. In the you know what I just realized? He just basically ripped off Reverse Flash. Pretty much. That's basically Today's episode Eber- sponsored by Coke Zero. But yeah, that's much. basically Ebron Thawne in a nutshell. Maybe, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is actually exactly it. minus the uh, minus Michael Keaton. It's essentially the same storyline. And don't you think it's ironic that we're seeing all this like Batman multiverse stuff, including a Keaton cameo a month before the Flash comes out? Do you want me to spoil the ending, the last page? Oh, fuck, do it. We've come this far, right? Yeah. Remember Zernar? remember the batman he's kind of what started he's kind of what started all this and then you Uh kind of forget about him he's kind of on the back burner so after batman escapes the multiversal hopping which he does with the well if he does with these because tim drake finds him in the multiverse because mr terrific i love a good mr terrific cameo as listeners of case of the runs over on the patreon now i love me some mr terrific especially from jeff john's jsa run which i'm currently going through patreon.com slash second print pod to hear more on that uh, where was I? Yes. Okay. Batman gets out of the multiverse. Zernar's uh, back. And then can DC sue me for putting these panels on the page? I don't care. Nah, then we see really, really good. We see multiversal. We see every version of Zern R from all these same multiverses that Batman was just hopping through. So something happened where now there's like an evil weird. There's like a Batman, the animated series Zern R. There's like, uh, there's, there's a lot of different Zern R. So now there's like all these, we're led to believe there's all these like, fractured personalities Zern R personality. There's even like a like an Adam West Zern R. You see him right up here? <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> and that's and that's our and that's our our cliffhanger ending, I guess. So there is so much that has gone on in this and it's it's really 
worth going back to. By the way, they still haven't even like solved the original thing that started all this, which was the fail safe. We don't even know where fail safe is. So this storyline's not even over. This was just like a seven episode, seven episode or issue, whatever you want to call it, a seven issue diversion into multiversal madness. And now we got to go back to this original storyline with fail safe and Zer and R. So there's, there's, there's a part of me that respects just the grandiosity of this because I, it's not, it's, it's hundred percent not what I was expecting from Batman uh, or from, from a Batman book, let alone a Zdarsky Batman book. And now I'm just kind of starting to think this was what he, this is, he wanted to flip us on our heads with this. He wanted to, to build our expectation based on his daredevil work of what we thought we'd get from his Batman book. And he wanted to do something completely different. Now time will tell. This is if, completely different. And this is completely different. So, uh, I did like this in the end. Honestly, I found there's a really I, I've had mixed views about the whole run up to this. I was really high on it in the beginning. And then when we did this like multiverse or alternate reality thing, I started to say it's interesting, but weird. And I'm not I don't know where this is. And now I'm I wouldn't say I'm back. I'm going to keep reading it. You know, I'm in I'm in for a minute here on this. I'm just I'm just you, you got me enough to see to want to see where this is going. Um, I'm probably not putting a ring on it again. But, you know, I might, you know, maybe have a few more fun weekends, fun weekends together. We'll see. Well, how would I rate this book? That's the question. Yeah. I mean, are you gonna, are you gonna, okay. How long do you think Sadarsky is going to stick to this? If I had to guess, I, I don't know. That's a good question. Cause I, at first I was, my gut instinct was to say till one fifty, but that's not going to take that long. I'm pretty sure they've been doing two a month. Uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't make that up because there's no way we got here. It's no way it's been 10 months since I've been. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of books in 10 months. Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know anything about the sale. I mean, I, I mean, Batman books always sell well, so I don't yeah. think there's probably a compelling reason one way or the other. Um, when he leaves eventually, know. do you think you'll stick? You think you'll stick with the title? Uh, probably not. I'm probably just in for this run. I mean, no. I'm always one to start to pick up if, if it's a writer I like on a character I like starting a new, I I'm someone to check it out. That's how I got here in the first place. So, uh, and I'm all, I always love Batman when done well. So I will always give a new Batman book a chance if it's someone like I did with Tom King and we know where, where that all went. And, and uh-huh. but I do have a thing of wanting to see things through to a fault. So even if I get to a point where I'm like, I don't want to see where this is going, I might stop paying for it but I probably will finish it in some way, shape or form, especially now that we have the DC infinite app. Thanks to our Patreon supporters. Yeah. So yeah, I, I will, I will surely finish reading it. The only question will be how long do I pay for it? That's, that's a good point. And that kind of leads us into our next conversation. I have still not found a series that I'm willing to say is my, you know, pull list monthly title. And to a large extent, recently I was going through a, a few boxes of comics and I was running into a lot of the titles I was reading when I was in high school. Mark Wade's Daredevil. Um, great one. Great one. Uh, you know, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Superior Spider-Man. Uh, I was a big fan. I think, um, what was his name? Matt Fraction's Invincible Iron Man is one of my favorite titles ever. And I also ran across Ed Brubaker's Captain America. Now that Brubaker Captain America run, uh, which ended probably about a year, uh, I think 2014, uh, no, 20, 2012, 2013-ish. That was probably like, you know, that was years of my favorite Captain America title. Now, it was split into like two different series. There was the one where, you know, Cap dies and Bucky gets, you know, to become Captain America and then Cap comes back. And then it was like, you know, 20 or so issues of Brubaker starting with another issue one for um, for Captain America. But it was, um, you know, it was a title that I just 
I just madly loved. And, you know, I think when it came to Captain America, I could not keep up with the title when that little shit Nick Spencer came on and made Cap a Nazi around the time that they were doing the, um, you know, Secret Empires thing. Now, we're talking like eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. That's like ancient history. How did they get out of that, by the way? It wasn't really him in the end? It wasn't really him, but that's because they they wanted to they they wanted to do such a cop out that they made cap you know hydra cap basically this dick across like 30 other titles and it basically like ruined the character so by the time secret empire comes out and it's revealed that there are two different captain americas there's the captain america that was basically like trapped in this in-between dimension again captain america of being you know not dead not dead himself not himself in inner dimensions because the cosmic cube basically came alive and took that man sympathizes yeah um then they were basically like no it wasn't really captain america it was this other captain america who was a creation of the cosmic cube by the red skull so basically what that did was that basically because i'm gonna say basically three times might as well yeah you are um it started this trend of Marvel asking themselves, how can they make Captain America more and more unlikable? And they just kept doing this. And Do you think it's this. because they, dare I say, hate American principles and ideals and what they stand for? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would I would blatantly say that. And some people would be like, I say oh, half jokingly, but actually not jokingly at all. It's it, it's a you know, it's a it's a boomer comic book fan criticism that people are like, oh, you just don't like new comics. You just don't like, you know, newness and freshness and diversity and different types of writers in charge of it. No, I don't. And mind you, the writers that really fucked it up were the white male writers. So I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. Like, it's not even like, you know. Uh, I'm going to attack Ta-Nehisi Coates, but I mean, it really started with Nick Spencer. Nick Spencer, who was a former Democratic um, congressman's aide and staffer for many years, who somehow made it into the comic book world, his first attempt to... Oh, he's got to be a CIA plant then. I absolutely believe he was a CIA plant. Okay, I'm going to get fucking weird here for a minute. I totally... I totally believe that Nick Spencer and Tom King, Tom King especially, are CIA plants within the comic book industry to, uh, you know, just go ahead and destroy a whole generation of people who are, you know, reading these characters that were defiantly anti-authoritarian, but they're redirecting them to change the culture. But that's neither Ima- here nor imagine there. Imagine getting that job on like CIA assignment day. They're like, all right. You know, because we got to probably de- create these personas and hold these uh, sort of, uh, you know, these public personas. Smithers, you're going to go overthrow Somalia. You, yeah, you're going to exactly. go kill a third world dictator. Right. King, King, you're going to DC Comics. <laughs> you're going to write, you're going to fuck up Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer, we need you to make people hate Captain America. We know, we know people love That's impossible. but we need you to try. Captain America? That's an impossible task. He's Captain America. They're like, well, we chose you for the job for a reason, son. We know you could go out there and fight to destroy your country, please. But it it started this trend of how can we make people dislike Captain America? Now, what really did it was the Ta-Nehisi Coates run. Ta-Nehisi Coates, let me remind people, is such a bad comic book writer. He could not sell multiple Black Panther titles at Marvel, but he stuck around for uh, Captain America, in which Captain America is fighting white supremacy. Later, we had a uh, a pretty long miniseries called the United <laughs> Captain States America Captain fighting America. white supremacy. It was just 
you know, they basically recreated their own January 6th riot and their own Charlottesville riot. And they basically were like, Captain America is going across the country to try and remind people what America is. Remember that really shitty Superman? I was just going to say, is this like it when was Superman literally walked that. The It's literally that with Captain America on a motorcycle traveling across the country. And it was basically all these like little vignettes at the end of the major issue in which Captain America is learning from, you know, like minorities and other people, like how to be an American. And he's like, huh, you know, I've never considered whether or not I judge people based off their religious affiliation. It's like Steve Rogers. What the fuck? Like it turned into this whole thing. And basically, you know, it, it brings in the Red Hulk and the and the Daughters of Liberty. He, it just went wild and it made no sense at all. And then that that ended. But uh, they also brought us this Captain America miniseries about a year and a half ago called The United States of Captain America, where somebody steals his shield and his costume. And what ends up happening. Is- Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Is He's traveling across the country with Sam uh, with Sam Wilson, who is forced to be another Captain America again because of the Disney Plus show. So it's he's back him to being Cap now. He's back to being Cap. There were two. There are two Caps now. Uh, you know, Steve Rogers and Black Captain America. Because and I didn't want to call him that, but when you have, well, they kind of force you to. They, when they're they force give you, you two, to, and you got to distinguish one from the original. Exactly. There's almost and, no choice. And in in the United States of Captain America. I mean, you could say the Captain America that's good at basketball. Sure, you could say that. one that that can jump high. Like, (laughs) I didn't do this, Disney Marvel. You did. So basically, every state now has their own Captain America. And one is like a gay Puerto Rican guy who's like the Captain America of the Bronx. And then you have like this fat black woman who's like the Captain America of, I don't know, like Louisiana. So is this like a a Captain America lives within all of us kind of thing? Yeah. And and what it basically is, and they say it a lot in the first issue, is like they they don't say it explicitly, but it's very like poorly hidden. It's this idea, and it's this idea that Marvel has been trying to push out for a while, that that Steve Rogers is only Captain America because he was born at the right time to be a cis white male. And that other than that, there is no, absolutely nothing special and about we're going to prove that by showing every Joe Schmo schmuck nonsense white male becoming a Captain America and doing just as good, minus probably doing anything helpful. Is yeah, my, uh, no, no super <laughs> Or they help ladies at the groceries and then, and then what? Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's Captain America thinking like, you know, it's... Uh, it, you know, anyone can be Captain America. It's like actually not really, and that's the whole point. And actually, of Captain America in the Marvel comics, there are dozens, you might even say hundreds, of characters that have gotten some form of super soldier serum. And so, clearly, what distinguishes Captain America is not that. Yeah, case in point, U.S. Agent um, and, and others who have tried. Uh, there was a bad guy named Proteus in the early 2000s who was like a criminal who they put uh, through the super soldier serum f- program first before Steve Rogers and he died. And then eventually aim brought him back from the dead. And that was a whole other thing. I really like that run, but um, you know, th- so th- what I'm basically trying to get is that this has been the case for a while 
And as listeners of the show will know, it's that the worst thing you can do for a minority character is have them basically fill in for a white character and then have them split titles. That was the worst thing they did to Miles Morales. When they brought Miles Morales into the Marvel Universe, uh, he stopped being Spider-Man and he started being young black Spider-Man. He will, you know, it's just it just always runs that way. So with the well, with the success of uh, Falcon, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they shoehorned Sam Wilson being Captain America again into the comics. So you have two Captain Americas. Last year, they had two Captain America titles. Steve Rogers, Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty. And then uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, Symbol of Truth. And you had two competing um, storylines. And what uh, eventually ended up happening was they converged for what just recently wrapped up, which was a cross-title event between the two Captain Americas called Cold War. And Cold War basically is, once again, let's go back in time and make it so that way Steve Rogers means less and less. So much so that they have canceled the Steve Rogers title and it appears as if the Sam Wilson title will be the sole Captain America book on the racks for the foreseeable future. Because what you have is the secret organization, once again, who are called the called the Outer Circle, who planned the assassination of the super woke politician who's the president of this fictional country. She wants open borders. She wants digital currency. She wants free health care. She's killed. It starts this little war. Um, between these two countries. And what you learn from the inner circle is that they were the ones who were planning out like the assassination of the Archduke Ferdinand. They, you know, put Hitler in power. They also were involved in the super soldier serum program. And what you learn is that they were the ones who designed Captain America's shield to taunt him. Ascent, like de- eventually when he would eventually find out that if he found out that everything was basically being controlled by this weird new world order, it doesn't make sense. It was fucking stupid. They apparently also planted Bucky Barnes to be his, um his guy. So what it's basically doing is let's go back in time again, but this time let's not do what we did in secret empire where we said, no, this is a fake cap. We're just going to go ahead and make it so that captain America is less special, which with each new discovery. And meanwhile, let's use this as an opportunity to continue to bring Steve Rogers down and raise Sam Wilson up. And this is disingenuous to the Sam Wilson character. He did not want to be Captain America by the end of Secret Empire. He did not want to be Captain America. But all of a sudden, you got to tie it into the merchandise and everything else. So he's Cap again, and he's super liberal Cap again. And it's like, you're screwing over Steve Rogers. You're screwing over Sam Wilson. You're destroying the legacy of Captain America. And I don't know who's genuinely buying these books anymore. I don't understand why they are so obsessed with making their own characters unlikable. And we can compare this to what recently happened with Amazing with Amazing Spider-Man issue 25, where they finally explained why MJ will no longer going forward be the canonical love interest of Peter Parker. They have just, they have just decided... Wait. Can you can you tell me why that is? At the beginning of, <laughs> is this going to be like a, a, a Sadarsky journey? It literally is because he's fighting some guys who have these powers and shit. And I know people are going to get the, mad. The real thing was that, uh, or the original things. Maybe you can bridge my gap here in 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 the chrono- chronology of things. Spider Man and Mary Jane are together, real long time. Then 
something happens with Mephisto and it was like that it was like that never happened, even though it did happen. And the yeah. memory, nobody remembers that happening, including yeah. each other. And yeah. then then but then they got reversed again at some point. They got reversed again. OK, then, then it was revealed that MJ asked for some weird like caveats to the thing. And then eventually, I think during the Nick Spencer Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, ironically, before this current run with uh, the guys who are currently ruining it. Um, they had them together until the first issue of this current series in which during this giant battle, um, MJ gets sent into no spider Spider-Man MJ gets sent into like two parallel versions of the future in this post-apocalyptic wasteland where she meets this other dude and she adopts these two kids in like this Mad Max world. And eventually like years, go, years go by, but only like a couple hours go by for peter parker so when he does finally you know get everyone back into the right dimension the right time mj is basically like the stay-at-home mom with this guy she has forced herself to love and she's the mother to these two adopted kids and spider-man is just like you know i'm not really into this uh anymore <laughs> either and you know maybe we should just move on it's and, just and, so and, and we collectively said yeah we're not either we're not yeah either. and i mean there have been attempts to you know i think get black cat back into being the love interest. I think they're doing that poorly because how can you have Marvel's newest LGBTQ plus character with the cis white? Oh my God. She is now too. She is now she's part of the alphabet mafia. They just automatically make every check by just because they know that's going to be like less resistance because dudes are like, well, okay. And, uh, and you know, and fair enough. Yeah. Well, okay. But I think that's like the point of, of they, the way they see least resistance. So like, I feel like 50% of comic chicks boom bye, And then we'll work in the, the gay Tim Drake's when we can. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it, it's another, it's another go at it. And it's just, I, I don't, I don't understand. I understand it. I understand it. You understand it, it because you listen to the Mark Claire show and you probably heard my episode number 24 on ESG with Tommy Sammons. That's a cross platform. Do you think, do you think that has something to do with this? hundred percent. That has everything to do with it. That's why, that's why all of this is happening. That's I, why 100% um, of this is happening. There's also probably personal, personal well, Disney, Disney is big ideology ESG stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. they do. Yeah, that affects obviously, everything. yeah. But it's um, yeah, I, yeah there's, I, there's no doubt in my mind. That's why Ta-Nehisi Coates has ever been able to write a comic <laughs> for for ESG purposes. I I absolutely believe that because it um, checks two boxes. It checks the box of hiring him, and it checks the box of what he's going to put into his work. Yeah. So I I was. Long long story short, to wrap it up, I wanted to see what was going on with Captain America since I first learned a year ago that they were doing the whole two title thing. I wasn't happy with that. I saw it as not only bad storytelling, but I saw it as a money grab because you're going to make me read two Captain America stories to understand the one overlapping story. I, I wasn't into that. And um, yeah, it's just if you want another reason to say to yourself, wow, do I not? You know, have I changed or have new to comics changed? Don't worry, people. It's the comics that have changed. It's the comics, not really yes. for the better. I just paid nine ninety nine to watch Batman traverse the multiverse, and I'm not even upset about it. That should tell you how much <laughs> comics have changed. <laughs> yeah, that was that was like oh, literally like, man. You know what? Ten bucks would have bought me. Like I literally come up with a stack of comics for ten bucks. There were about twenty five when I first started buying. So I would have seven or eight comics like for for a ten dollar bill. Now I have one. No, granted, nice looking and large Batman book. Wild times indeed. I I usually only buy myself comics when I'm 
buying stuff uh, for patrons. Uh, since you're covering this month, I haven't really felt like I've needed to go to the, my store and look at stuff. I thought about it this weekend, which is why I started looking into, you know, like what was on the racks and what big stories are out. But it's like, one, the, the costs just do not justify it. And this is not a recent thing. They cannot blame inflation. They cannot blame distribution. Oh, no, problems. We're, they we're 10 years back on this issue, at least. Yeah, like this is this is just a bad, bad cash grab. Um, I, I may start picking up Daredevil. I may start picking up Daredevil from the beginning. You know what I want to see them do, Remzo? I don't know. I, I want to see them go back to the newspaper print. Give me a cheaper comic and go back to the newspaper print. I love the newspaper print. Yeah. That's what that, that felt like comics. I still had my comics in that newspaper print. It was much cheaper, so much easier to mass produce. So you don't need to charge, you know, four or five dollars to even like sniff a profit. Newspaper print, bring it back. Something maybe we like should that. start a comic company called Newspaper Print. <laughs> or maybe it's a better name than that. Catch your name. But we use new, newspaper that. print. Yeah. Does anybody just, print on that? I mean, I can't remember the last time I didn't get a comic that wasn't like that glossy. Look, it's nice. But did, it's more didn't expensive. They, and didn't they remove Dil, uh, Dilbert or whatever his name is, the Scott Adams thing. Yes. Didn't think what it does that have to do with this. I'm just like you know. I just I I don't even know who's reading those. No, but I mean the, I, I'm talking about the I don't, I'm not just talking about and I now I see with the confusion. I'm not talking about comics being in newspapers. Although I would love to see a weekly Chip Zdarsky Batman hopping the multiverse yeah. in in newspaper form over the course of like three years. No, no, I'm talking about the actual paper they used to use. To oh, the, the pulp. It's called newspaper print. Yeah, yeah. Or newspaper pulp or whatever it is. That paper. I'm saying go back to that. Make comics cheaper. Cut them. You can cut the price. I I, I'm making up the numbers, but I'm saying you can. I'm just going to spout off my ass as I do. You can cut the price of comics in half. You just go back to the cheaper paper. Again, but, I don't know but, if that's true. Well, I mean, at the end, they, it's, it's got to be something to justify. I, I'm still currently reading. Actually, this whole thing reminded me. I have to go pick up Superman Lost uh, issue two. I have to go do that. Other than that, I issue mean, nothing. three just came out actually. Issue so. three, okay, yeah. So yeah, I have to go nice. grab two and three. I'm a little bit behind. Why? But, because um, you told your comic guy you would, and you're obligated. Just like I am. It's just my like I was to buy, to buy the ten dollar uh, Batman comic. Well, that that's all I got for Captain America. They fucked it up again. Good job, Marvel. All right. Well, you know that being said, that that kind of does put perspective to what I'm going through with Chip Zdarsky Batman because I I you know he's not destroying the character. Yeah, I'll say that. He's doing weird stuff and have the character experience some weird stuff, but he's not destroying the character. I mean, the Bruce Wayne is doing, I guess, what I would expect Bruce Wayne to do. He's just doing it in places I wouldn't expect Bruce Wayne to be doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, a couple more items I think we want to sort of bat around uh, before we wind down here this week. Uh, I know you have a couple little news items to talk about, but one I got to just bring up, and this is something that happened to me it didn't happen oh, to me Mark it didn't Scott it didn't happen goop it didn't happen to me uh, it happened to other people in a group so i'm just going to say what it is now uh, i am in you know i have a long history with eric larson he doesn't have a long history with me but i have a long history with him of enjoying his art in spider-man enjoying his savage dragon run you know, like that madman meme comic. where the guy is like i pity you and don draper is like i don't even know who you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's that's how eric is with me i don't even know who you are <laughs> That's, that's the Thanos Scarlet Witch meme. Angry Twitter libertarian guy. <laughs> uh, so that, that's probably why I'm still in his group on Facebook. I'm in his private group on Facebook of this like Eric Larson fan group uh, because he doesn't know who I am. So he doesn't know that I'm this guy in this group. <laughs> it's also a guy he blocked on Twitter like a year and a half ago. Um, oh but God. nonetheless, 
uh, Eric Larson, who long, long ago, for reasons we just won't recap once again here, uh, blocked me on Twitter. But I'm still a part of his fan group, and I'm in there. And because I don't do anything there, I don't interact with him. I, I'm just a lurker in the group, and I enjoy being in the group. Start another podcast. I enjoy why him. Eric Larson hates me. <laughs> And post it in the fa- in his fan group until I get banned. No, I hate Eric Larson. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things where I I don't think I don't think I have a single thing in common with this guy what, in what real life. What did Tom Woods do? He, him and him and that other guy did a Contra Krugman for for several years, where they basically oh, right. had an entire Contra, show. Yeah. Contra Larson, attack, yeah, Contra Larson. Is it where I just? break down everything he's doing the thing is uh, yeah i don't know it's just a it's just an anti-larson <laughs> i don't need to base my identity around around somebody else but nonetheless i am still in his facebook group because i just i'm not offensive there i don't i don't even really interact with anybody in the group i'm just kind of like a lurker kind there lingering I, yeah I mean, it's, it's just for fans talking fan stuff and i i i'm still a, a savage dragon fan at, at the end of the day i mean the body of work i'll always uh i will always uh you know have fond feelings about the large the body of work to an ex- to a large extent regardless of you know if the creator blocked me on Twitter or whatever. Uh, nonetheless, um, I should say, <laughs> well, fuck it. Who cares? He already blocked me. Why, why do I care? It's very clear to me that Eric Larson is a total prick in, in every interaction I've seen with him. I'm, uh, interviews online. It doesn't matter. He, he seems to be a total prick. Uh, so I'm just going to say that as someone who's been blocked by him. And that was on display in this recent interaction in this Facebook group where it started off as a post. Someone posted an interview with Jim Shooter, where Jim Shooter was talking about when Image Comics formed. He was saying that... Must be his name. He was saying that when Image started up, some of the guys, he just he didn't say who, he said some of the Image guys called him to get advice on how to get a letterer, how to get a printer, and things like that. You know, basic comic business stuff. And he also said he did the same thing for the Milestone guys. But this guy was questioning it. The guy that posted the interview in the group, he's saying, is this just Jim Shooter, like being Jim Shooter and blowing shit out of his ass because that timeline doesn't seem to add up. Are there any of the image guys that Shooter even would have worked with then? And that was just like a chat and he tagged Eric Larson. He's like, Eric Larson, do you know if any of these, you know, if any of these image guys, you know, would have, would this have even made sense? Yeah. And Eric just said, well, it's the first I've heard of it. Like I definitely haven't contacted him. I didn't even have his contact information. Like I still don't. And then it's just like a, it's a pretty harmless thread. They're just like, it's really just people trying to figure out if, if Jim Shooter really did this or not, because I don't know why they just want to know that. But then someone said, Oh no, it's it Josh Eichhorn, Josh Eichhorn, who was a longtime assistant to Eric Larson. Uh, who's actually now a moderator of his group. He's really moved up in life. Uh, he's, he's, he says, uh, Josh Eichhorn says getting letterers. That's sort of ridiculous since most of the guys had established relationships with letterers already. And Rob never worked with Shooter. If I'm not mistaken, that was just an ad he put out saying he was going to. And then later down in this thread, Rob Liefeld pops in, who apparently is in Eric Larson's Facebook group. And he says, Josh Icorn, he comments, he replies to Josh. This is after a bunch of people were debating whether Rob had ever worked with Jim Shooter, Shooter when saying, no, Rob never worked with Jim Shooter. No, Rob did work with Jim Shooter. And then Rob comes in and says, WTF is wrong with you guys. It's right here. I drew these in April, 1997. And it's a, it's a picture of a, who, he did a, he did like a, a drawing for like a Marvel universe book of something. And he and he's saying that Jim Shooter was his editor. I, now there's a bunch of comments missing here that I saw earlier, so I'm just sh- talking about what I can. Oh, maybe I could do all comments because there's a top comments and an all comments. Could that be what it is? See, they, folks, things happen live. 
there must have been some comments that got deleted because there was a lot more of like people like were saying, suggesting like Rob Liefeld was full of shit. And he's like, he's like, Rob, if Rob says he worked with Jim Shooter, that's bullshit. And I was like, I don't know. Like, what is wrong with you people? And he, he made a couple of comments where he's just he's literally linking to the work, his drawing and editor, Jim Shooter. He's not even saying this thing happened which is so funny because this whole thing is about the gym shooter talk to any of the image guys. And that part of the conversation just gets dropped entirely. And then it becomes, did Rob Liefeld ever work with Jim shooter and people trying to say that he didn't. And then him just show, literally just showing the evidence that he did. And the whole thing just, but th th there was an interaction between Eric and, and Rob that I'm trying to find. So that, Oh wait, here it is. Okay. Here, here, here we go. Okay. Here we are. All right. Now, now I found my, I'm going to circle back to Eric Larson's obviously a douche. All right. Obviously. Eric chimes in. Rob didn't quote unquote work under Jim Shooter. Rob's first Marvel assignment was the Amazing Spider-Man number annual number 23 in 1989. Shooter had been fired in April 1987. Rob asked him to write Young Blood well after Image Comic had been established. So again, the timing seems suspect. So this is where Rob first came in. And Rob says, Sorry, Eric, Marvel Universe Book of the Dead, 1987. I drew the Zodiac. I spoke to him. He was editor in chief. Then this other guy chimes in. He's like, well, did you ask him? Did he ask for your advice when starting image? <laughs> he's like, he's like interrogating Rob Liefeld. And then, but, and Rob, now Rob is doing a few. He's like, come on, man. I know what I'm talking about. And he posts another link to it. Then Eric chimes in. Did you talk to shooter pre-image or ask for advice? That was the question. I certainly didn't. And he's like, we all, and, and then Rob is, and then, yeah, Eric's saying we all worked under Jim Shooter for a minute. I don't know if any of us had that relationship with him. It becomes this whole conversation about who had a good enough relationship with Jim Shooter that Jim Shooter might've asked him been asked being asked for advice by them rob never says if he talked to jim shooter in the whole thing he never even responds to that question i think it was funny but to me rob was being cool and chill he was just like he was responding to well no he wasn't tagged originally so he must have just been lurking in here rob was life gets really the gone. reputation of being the guy to start shit but he never is and if anyone's he's gonna not, actually he, he will finish from, it you he know will finish he, it he yeah. will finish it but he's not really a shit starter he will he bring out the receipts mm -hmm. He just, I mean, he just, he knows his shit. He is a walking encyclopedia. And I mean, anyone that's McFly when you call him chicken, you know, yeah. it's you, once you got him, he's like, all right, all right, it's on. And then he'll start showing the receipts. Um, it's just so funny. I, my favorite part was just how Eric came in and it was like, Rob didn't quote unquote work under Jim Shooter. And then Rob's like, dude, what do you like? I did. He was my editor for this thing I, I drew. Granted, it was one drawing of one character in one, you know, compilation book, <laughs> but still, he probably knew him. Still counts. It's just yeah. funny how like people are trying to interrogate Rob. Like, like suddenly he's being interrogated about how well he knew Jim Shooter. It's like, what, what am I even reading? But then who, who does it say more about the people having this conversation or me? reading about it and now spending the last 10 minutes talking about it with you on a podcast. I don't know. I don't actually know what's worse. So I think, I think it's hilarious. And you know, <laughs> I, I also think it highlights another thing. People either love Jim shooter like myself, or they think he's the devil and cry more. <laughs> I think there's people who, someone who triggers people that much is probably someone I'd like enjoy sharing a whiskey with. So I'm going to go pro shooter. Yeah. Pro shooter is all the My way. Instinct. That's all you need. Cry more shooter haters. Mm -hmm. All right, Ramzo, you got a couple of news tidbits to uh, well, couple, I don't couple to things to wrap but... it up. Dolph Lundgren, Ivan Drago has cancer. And that is, uh, you know, he's 65. That's what I didn't realize. I shared a, uh, a Fox five, uh, article. That's actually younger than I would have thought. I thought, yeah, the, I thought uh... he was way, way younger than that but he is um he is so dealing he must with have been like 25 in rocky four 
he had just completed whatever like doctoral degree in Sweden he needed to be like a nuclear astrophysicist or whatever. But he's been dealing with um with uh with cancer since 2015. He's been keeping a really uh you know real hush up about it. Um, they had done some surgery at the time, but recently what they found was that there was one cancerous tumor that was too big to operate on. He thought that that was it. Eventually got a second opinion from another doctor through medications. They were able to, uh, shrink it. So that way it was operable. But this seems like something that will, will probably eventually kill him because each time it comes back, it comes back way worse. So, you know, the idea of Dolph Lundgren, the one being 65, one that shocked me too, um, I mean, for, for him to, you know, for, for us to be having this conversation, it's like, even though I, when I was a kid watching Rocky four or watching the first universal soldier of John Claude Van Damme, I, I already knew in my mind that Dolph Lundgren was old in the back of my mind. I always still think of him as, as Ivan Drago, even when I watch the expendables, even when I watch, um, you know, all, all the other, like, oh, I, films I actively call him Ivan Drago. I mean, that's, that's yeah, he's only Ivan Drago. So, you know, it just uh, it just kind of puts life in perspective that, uh, you know, shit hits everybody. It even hits some of the biggest uh, figures in all of cinema history still today. So that just kind of that just kind of bummed me out, especially since, um, you know, like I, uh, I I recently watched a bunch of clips from Creed 2. And I think that that's Is probably clips not the movie. I didn't want to watch the full movie. Well, watch it. Watch uh, Remzo watches movies in uh, clip form. You just see the search. There were just some scenes for the best clips. Like, shuffles them up in a, in a play in a random playlist and then just sits down. And I just yeah, I, I, that is kind of true. But no, there, I mean, I liked uh, I, I I like Creed too because I saw like a, a fictional character essay on the evolution of Ivan Drago, and I was like, I want to see the scene where he throws the the towel for his son Victor when he's fighting Adonis and Creed two. And I think that's a good scene. He doesn't often Spoiler get alert. Uh, you know, I haven't seen it yet and well, now I don't need to now. Well, it's been out movie. for like, that one's been out for a while now, but, um, but you yeah, know the no. hardest part of this for me, Remzo what? is resisting the most obvious joke, which I'm not going to make because it's really, really insensitive. And I really like, I really don't want to wish anything ill upon the man in even joke form. Are you saying you that probably know what it killed, is? Are you saying that because he killed Apollo Creed, he deserves cancer? No, I'm saying, you know, his, you know, his line, his famous line in, in that scene. Oh, if he dies, he dies. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to say it, but Fuck. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I had to kind of just figure it out on air. Huh? Okay. Wow. That's why we do a live wow. show now because there was a, there was a day when I might've edited around all this conversation, but not anymore. No, oh, we do it live, pal. So yeah. Anyway, well, I wish the family of Mr. Lundgren the best, best, uh, best all wishes to Ivan Drago. Yeah. We yes. love him. Uh, speaking right, of which, you have better news or no, still, well, this is a, news. this is a SPC call to action. And if you think we don't really pay attention in the second per comics fan zone, you're not in there. Cause Mark and I are in there every fucking minute of the day. This is a post from uh, one of our members, Joe, uh, Len Kaminsky. He wrote, um, uh, a couple of the war machine titles when I was in high school, I loved his shit. He came out with a lot of things after uh, secret war, uh, secret invasion, which I really liked. Uh, he's been dealing with a lot of problems. And if you know anything about comic book writers, comic book artists, they're not millionaires. They, they very rarely make a ton of money off of their stuff. They are in the field because they genuinely like the stuff. So uh, Joe went ahead and shared this into another comic book group that Joe went ahead and copy and pasted into ours. So I'll just go ahead and read it. Uh, Lem Kaminsky, writer for several major comics publish publishers. This is in dire need of your, of your help. His words. 
I was in an accident last year that put me in a wheelchair and left me trapped in a crooked care center. That was eight months ago. In that time, they've used up my insurance coverage, then proceeded to drain my bank account and divert my monthly disability payments into their account. I lost all my money, my income, my apartment, everything. As a result, they won't leave me as I no longer have a home to go to and no resources to find one. So still in the belly of the beast, still in a wheelchair, sick to death of this horrible place. I turned 60 in here. I desperately do not want to die in sounds here. Sounds like it needs to be broken out more than it needs to go fund me. This sounds like being held prisoner. Yeah, we got we got it. We got to find them and then we got to bust them out of that place. But um, his, his uh, somebody uh, named Susan Peterson has set up a GoFundMe uh, for Len to go ahead and help him with uh, his medical expenses. Hopefully, we'll find a place that can uh, he can get he can get to that will provide him the the care he needs. So you know stuff like that. I, I just remember what it was like for you know reading and hearing about what things were like for Jack Kirby, and then what things were like yeah. for um, for Perez and a lot of the other writers and artists. Like they just they don't get to enjoy the fruits of their labor in a massive sense that a lot of the people who have jumped in into the industry and as these books and stories have been put into movies have been able to profit off of, you know, what hurts to think about Remzo? What? There's a pretty good chance that Ta-Nehisi Coates is making more money than Jack Kirby's ever made. And that's not even a doubt. And, it's, and like even adjusted for inflation. I mean, you know, yeah. Which that's, is like that's what's a fucking damn crime. crime. It's yeah. a damn crime. Yeah. That's how ESG distorts the marketplace. <laughs> of ideas. I like Literally. how you looped it. <laughs> oh, well, that was a lot of at, shit. At some point, episode. all the worlds collide, you know, and I don't even know Everything what, what podcast I'm on at, at any given time. It's the SPC multiverse. Mm-hmm, indeed. All right. Well, that that is going to wrap it up for this week. We will be back next week reviewing something. I don't know what. But we're going to dive back into SBC reissued to review a book of some sort. We shall decide between now and then. Uh, and in the meantime, of course, there is a plethora of extra content over for you on Patreon, including every episode early, sometimes live as this one we are doing live for our patrons. Uh, we also have my current foray into, I got to tell you, the DC Infinite app. I give it much higher reviews than the Marvel app. But does it have the random button? doesn't have the random button, which is unfortunate. But in their defense, they never gave me a random button to take away, whereas mm. Marvel did do that. Um, so at least DC was consistent from the beginning. Really sleek app, I got to say. After using the Marvel app for a long time, I really do like the how just can the you, functionality. Can you read it on your iPad? No, not my iPad. But that's my iPad's fault. That's not the app's fault. Oh, that's because well. I have a very old iPad. But what it does do is function incredibly well on desktop. And that, for a podcaster, is key. So now I can sort of just go through the issue while I'm either sitting at my desk taking notes or while I'm doing the episodes themselves. Needless to say, I, I hope that because of DC's amazing app, it'll be even a more delightful auditory experience as I go through Jeff John's JSA and many other books that I'm now... Uh, you know, when I first got the got the wow marbles... No, when, I first got, when I first got the marbles in my mouth, when I first got the Marvel app... <laughs> I went crazy and read a bunch of old Marvel books, stuff I'd never read, stuff I was returning to that I read as a kid. And now that I first got the DC app, I'm kind of I'm kind of on a DC kick because I just I just it's a new toy, you know. So I've, yeah. I've been going through a lot of DC stuff, which you can help pay for by heading over to Patreon.com/slash Second Print Pod, listening to shows like Case of the Runs for myself, Remzo Rants, Remzo versus the DCEU, the Degenerate Panel. We have so much so much coming at you there behind the paywall. All that and more. Patreon.com/slash Second Print Pod. What else happens there, Remzo, besides besides auditory chocolate, audible chocolate, audible chocolate? We're sending are, out graphic novels to tears. people. There you go. We're sending out graphic novels to people. We're doing 
monthly calls. You could join the Second Print Comics fan zone, the most dope comic book and entertainment fan group on the freaking internet. Thank you, Al Gore. You know, we got so much coming your way. You could even produce episodes like our friends, Jeffrey and Eric, who went ahead and produced a lot of our best episodes of the year so far uh, here on the feed. So come on, folks, go ahead and pick your poison, get involved in the fun. And uh, remember, like for some people who have been with us for a long time, because we've got some longtime fans, you could go ahead and upgrade and get yourself a discount when you go ahead and subscribe for a full year. So, you know, we're doing you a favor there. Help us help you help us help you. That's all she wrote. And if you keep helping us, we'll keep helping you by giving you stuff to listen to, which makes you want to help us. So there you go. And if you can't do anything else, there's one thing you could do. It's short, sweet to the point. It's read comics. And change, change the, world. the world. Good night, America. Ah, D, killing time till I can cue up the outro. Adios. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.